1944, the U.S. Army put out a series of cartoons about three brothers. There was Private Snafu. Situation normal, all f***ed up. This is Snafu. Private Fubar. F***ed up beyond all recognition. Oh, Brad and Fubar. Then there was Tarfu. Totally and royally f***ed up. Well, here's Seaman Tarfu. Snafu and Fubar quickly became part of the national lexicon, but poor old Tarfu was forgotten. For 87 years, he labored in obscurity until America finally became just f***ed up enough for him to be reintroduced. Today, America is beyond Snafu and Fubar. Today, America is Tarfu, and you're listening to the Tarfu Report. I'm Matt Taibbi. I'm Alex Perrine. And this is the Tarfu Report, uh, our brand new podcast. And um, you're going to be hearing a variety of things in this show. Uh, and what, what follows is an example of one of those things. Uh, in point of fact, from my point of view, uh, my entire motive in doing this podcast was so that I could get to read things on helium. Uh, <laughs> and so one of the first things uh, that we wanted to share with, our, with, uh, with the audience was um, a, a regular feature. It's actually a little known fa- that fact that Matt um, c- composes all of his written journalism by speaking it aloud in helium, <laughs> but he, he inhales helium first and then <laughs> speaks aloud his, 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 uh, his journalism and his columns. And, uh, so he really, like, the fact that he can have an, an auditory medium now has him really excited. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's very, very time-consuming <laughs> and private, but... <laughs> my, my own relationship to helium dates back decades, and um, and so this is a this is the first time I get to really share uh, my passion for helium. But we have a, a regular feature, which uh, which is yeah. What? So this is this is a, a little preview. We'll be doing this. Um, we'll be doing this until we drive ourselves mad. Uh, and if you uh, enjoy it, then please come back when we launch the podcast regularly, which will be very soon. And if you want more information, you probably know where to find us on social media, uh, and you can go to tarfu.biz. And now for the David Brooks Helium Moment. Hello, David Brooks. <laughs> David Brooks and David Brooks here <laughs> with our That's latest. Right. I am David Brooks. I'm David Brooks. This is our latest column from the New York Times where we work. <laughs> this is the David Brooks Helium Moment. Uh, every week we read uh, one of our columns uh, yes. on helium. Yes. So uh, this one is called, what's this called? This one is Tuners and Spinners. It's really, it's, it's a touching column, June, June 30th, 2017. Okay. By David Brooks, which is us. That's right. David, do you want to start? Yes. Cass Sunstein, the eminent Harvard Law professor and writer, notes that some people are spinners and some people are tuners. The spinner is the life of the party. The spinner is funny, socially adventurous, and good at storytelling. <laughs> even if he sometimes uses his wit to maintain distance from people. Spinners are good at hosting big parties. They're hungry for social experiences and filled with daring and creativity. Instagram and Twitter are built for these people. If you're friends with a spinner, you'll have a bunch of fun things to do, even if you don't remember them a week later. (laughs) The tuner makes you feel known. The tuner is good at empathy and hungers for deep connection. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have to start over, I'm sorry. <laughs> the tuner is good at empathy and hungers for deep connection. The tuner may be bad at small talk, but in the middle of a deep conversation, the tuner will ask those extra four or five questions the way good listeners do. 
If you're at a downtime in your life, the spinners may suddenly make themselves scarce, but the tuners will show up. The tuners may retreat at big parties, but they're great one-on-one over coffee. If you're with a person... (laughs) If you're with a person and he's deepened your friendship by revealing a vulnerable part of of himself, you're with a tuner. Now, of course, all social categories of this type are vast generalizations... (laughs) And really just a form of conversational game playing. But if you look around at your friends or at the world's celebrities, I do think you'll find some people who seem to be spinners, like Amy Schumer, Jack Nicholson, Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) Some who seem to be tuners. Oprah. (laughs) Oprah. Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) Adele. And a few lucky souls who are strong at both ends. I'm looking at you, Stephen Colbert and Bill Clinton. Spinning and tuning are different kinds of courage. The courage is... (laughs) (laughs) The courage to be adventurous and the courage to be intimate... It seems to me that spinners and tuners each have their own kind of happiness and, and sadness. <laughs> spinners love the whirl of a happy group activity and suffer from west- restlessness and a penchant for self-destruction. Tuners love connection and with their emotional depth may be prone toward depression. I even think writers and thinkers fall into these categories. Shakespeare, Einstein, and Isaiah Berlin were spinners, playing in almost a thrill-seeking manner with a whirl of ideas. Dante, Proust, and Toni Morrison fall into the the tuner category. A lot of the novels I read are narrated by tuners about spinners. That is to say, they are narrated by quiet, empathetic characters about adventurous, vivacious characters. Novels like The Great Gatsby, All the King's Men, Brideshead Revisited, and A Separate Peace fall into this category. Now, if you are looking for friends, the spinners are great. But my questions for this class are, if you're looking for a life partner, should you go for your same type or for your opposite? Should you marry someone who meets your strengths or fills your needs? My guess is that if you can't find someone with both traits, marry a tuner, even if it means your relationship has a little or extra drama. The second question is, can people change types over time? I'd say Oscar Wilde went from being a spinner to a tuner, though maybe he just got sadder as he was more (laughs) oppressed. Others, of course, do not believe people change their basic emotional makeup, even over decades. It should be said that both spinning and tuning are patterns of social interaction. They are patterns of being outer-directed. Now there's a social category type with legs. Some people are inner-directed. Their way of being in the world is based less on a pattern of interaction and more on a way of projecting what's inside to the surrounding environment. Let's call these people projectors. I'd say a lot of heroes are projectors. Their primary attachment is to an ideal. They can go through life faithful to that idea and carry on despite a blizzard of abuse or indifference. I'm thinking of Alexander Solzhenitsyn or Aung San Suu Kyi. On the other hand, there are some projectors whose primary attachment is to some psychosis, some emotional or narcissistic wound. This project, they project outward from that. 
I add this distinction because every social typology has to have a slot for Donald Trump. There's one final social category I just learned about from a talk I heard Sherry Turkle of MIT give at the Aspen Ideas Festival. She observed that some four-year-olds wander on the beach with their own shovel and bucket. (laughs) (laughs) They're fine to play alone. But they're welcoming if anybody wants to join them. They have a mixture of self-sufficiency and sociability. Turkle noticed that other kids are drawn to these kids, just as they recoil from the kid who doesn't have a bucket (laughs) and is needy for theirs. Have a bucket. So my lesson for the week is go into every social occasion with your own bucket. Be a, be a spinner when life's going good, a tuner when things go down, and have a great 4th of July weekend. <laughs> if you're like a, a connoisseur of the David Brooks genre, this is like the ultimate David Brooks column, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It combines so many of um, his specialties as a columnist. It's about sort of bunk social science. Right. It's also thinly veiled autobiography. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, we talked about this before. Like, the last, what, four years? And Deadspin even did a piece about this, right? Yeah. That basically every David Brooks column these days is, is like, a thinly veiled cry for help about how his his personal life is is spiraling out of control. (laughs) And clearly, the the tuners and spinners metaphor here, he's trying to tell us that, you know, he's a tuner. And, you know, spinners are fun, you know, they're life of the party, (laughs) but, like, you should should hang in there with the tuners. Right. Maybe you think you're going to have more fun with... With someone who actually has fun at parties and is enjoyable to be around. And, and you know, when, <laughs> when you converse with them, it's actually interesting. <laughs> yeah. But that, if you, a you, person like that might seem fun at first. Right. But after, with time. Or even the second and third and fourth <laughs> yeah. time. Right. <laughs> but really, like, you're going to really wish after a few years that you were with <laughs> the, a depressive man. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're more emotionally real. <laughs> a couple of other awesome things about this, which is um, it has another couple of great classic Brooksian features, which is he name drops basically every pretentious uh, yeah. like name. You, like th- This is like the ultimate Yale University uh, uh, <laughs> column, right? So who's in there? Like, like Solzhenitsyn. Solzhenitsyn, Proust. Proust. Uh, let's see. Aung San Suu Kyi. Who is, who is that? I don't even know who that is. Uh, Jack Nicholson, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. The best one is he's like naming the people based on their social type, celebrities. And he's like, the spinners are like, yeah, Amy Schumer, Jack Nicholson, sure. And then like the tuners, the more emotionally connected ones. And he's like, Oprah, okay. And then Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> like, the tuner? Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, Sure. I don't I, know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, like I feel he, like I don't have a gra- I don't have a strong impression of Jake Gyllenhaal's personality, but David Brooks apparently does. Right? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I would have thought kind of more the opposite that he's probably more of a spinner. I would. Yeah. I would think according to this. I would have said. Uh, I would have gone with the Maggie as the tuner. I think of the Gyllenhaals. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then and then I love the sort of apostrophic thing. The. Uh, I'm looking at you, Stephen Colbert and Bill Clinton. That's awesome. That's such a classic columnist like line. 
Yeah. Have you done that? I've probably done that. I've probably yeah, I've probably done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty bad. Um, okay, other other great things he mentions the Aspen Ideas Institute. Yeah, Aspen Ideas Festival gets the a festival. shout out. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. And, so that uh, how many times is that? That has to happen once every five columns in the New York I, Times. Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, like I haven't been outside my apartment for five years except to go <laughs> to the Aspen Ideas. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't left. I haven't left my um, palatial home in Maryland. <laughs> Like my palatial Maryland estate, <laughs> I have not left except to, if for Brooks, it's Aspen. For Friedman, obviously, it's Davos. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I wonder if they have a satellite hookup between Davos. <laughs> like, do, and, yeah. Do Davos and Aspen? They have like a red phone, like Batman and Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> like when they when they get a really hot idea at one of them, <laughs> like they pick up the hotline. <laughs> and then of course, okay. And then the, the thing that I love is the the rhetorical dismount into. As you say, like the bunk social science justification for like capitalist rhetoric right at the end. Kids who just have their own fucking bucket are, are, <laughs> are happier, right? So yeah. like, don't don't be borrowing other people's shovel and bucket. Right, like it really like it sneaks in some really weird like uh, the the more popular kids are the ones with buckets, <laughs> and the kids who don't have buckets but want buckets, no one wants to play with them. That's right. They're like, like they have lice. Great, that's a really applicable lesson. Like have shit and don't right. don't not have shit and want shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so, dear reader, have a bucket. My favorite my favorite line actually in this. Well, the bucket line is my favorite line. But in, in like the four, fifth paragraph, he's like. Now, of course, all social categories of this type are vast generalizations and really just a form of conversational game playing, which is like, tell it to everyone who's paid you to write books for the last, right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the last 20 years. Yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't really mean this. Yeah. I'm these just, I'm these just categories are together. just like weightless fictions that I have made my career on. <laughs> Repeatedly, over and over again. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing this every week, and um, uh, we've decided that uh, this uh, helium container that we have here in between us, and uh, if you look uh, look on Twitter, you can see a picture of it. Um, we're gonna give away uh, a prize to the reader who guesses how many uh, Brooks columns are contained uh, within one tank of helium. Within one tank of helium, and <laughs> the, how much? How much helium? There, uh, helium apparently. I, this is how you measure helium. Apparently, it's fourteen point nine cubic feet. So, how many David Brooks columns are in fourteen point nine cubic feet of helium? Yeah. So, so we've 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 marked it off. There's one, <laughs> one down, one down as of today. And the prize, I think, we'll probably add something else as we go by. But on the, off the top of our heads, we we've, we're going to give away a, uh, a signed copy of uh, Bobo's in Paradise. We're both going to sign it. As signed David, by us. Yeah. Signed by us. As <laughs> David, David Brooks. As David Brooks. So, um, if you want to send in. Uh, via Twitter, your guess as to how many uh, how many columns are, are in this uh, gigantic helium tank. Uh, please do that, and we'll take it down. And uh, when we finally run out of helium, we'll we'll send. We'll you a retire. <laughs> we'll retire. <laughs> yeah. Also, if, if we survive it, I feel a little lightheaded. I know. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that exercise. Uh, All right. Uh, to, until next week, then. <laughs>